Hi again, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements, and welcome to the End Zone Club on KOBJ Radio as we broadcast live from Dirty Martin's Place on the Drag, the iconic hamburger joint where it's your location for post-game drinks and post-game burgers here at Dirty Martin's Place on Guadalupe. Our show proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howie Breen and Herman, attorneys at law, Covert in Bastrop, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road. Delaware Subs, two-for-one cheesesteaks all day long tomorrow, chicken and beef. Pokey Joe's Barbecue, you want great Texas barbecue, make it Pokey Joe's Barbecue and by S&B Amusements. Ben, the Longhorns have won this afternoon at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, 35-6. I got to tell you, it was a strange football game mm-hmm. because the Longhorns had a lot of opportunities to blow this open. The big concern for me going into this game was how Malik Murphy was going to perform and also how the Texas Longhorn defense would perform. The Texas defense, awesome today. Yeah, Pop, good to see you again. Uh, Big day in college football here. Uh, We got a lot to go over uh, between college football, changing of the dynamics and the conferences. Got a little NFL football to get to. We got a special guest coming in uh, at 6.15, Mitch Morris, starting center for the Buffalo Bills. we got a World Series going on. It's, it's the best part of the year for Sports Pop because we're in that trifecta where we have football, basketball, baseball all going on at the same time. So we have a lot to talk about. And we're going to lead off with the Horns. Texas defeats uh, BYU in the first match of BYU in the Big 12. The first and only match we'll see of BYU in the Big 12. We saw the Big yeah. Blue here in Austin. And like you said, yeah, weird game. Uh, obviously Malik Murphy getting a start uh, for the injured Quinn Ewers. And there will be a lot of chatter about him um, in his debut as starting quarterback for the Longhorns after they beat um, BYU 35-6. to And I'm going to go off and say it here. I'm going to jumpstart it. I was not very impressed with Malik Murphy. And I- I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. It was his first game as a starting quarterback with Texas in his first two years here as a Longhorn. But that being said... Not a whole lot impressed me. I know they put up 35 points. He had a couple good touchdown passes uh, with A.D. Mitchell, uh, and he had a few great throws to Jatavion Sanders. But with Kansas State coming to town next week, with Texas Texas Tech looming, with still a lot of football left to be played, Malik Murphy is going to have to take a huge step up if he wants to solidify himself as a very, very good stand-in for Quinn Ewers. Ben, well said. I, I really am, I like the young man. Yeah. And again, this is his first start since he was in high school. Yeah. But it wasn't a sterling start for uh, Malik Murphy against a really, really mediocre BYU team. Yeah. I was shocked at how bad me, uh, BYU was offensively. This is a team of Ty Detmer. This is a team yeah. of Steve Sarkeesian, and they were terrible offensively. Yeah, Malik Murphy, he, he went 16 for 25, 170 yards, two touchdowns, and two turnovers. One, a, an interception, which was, I'm going to say it right now, Pop, that was one of the worst interceptions I've seen since the Chance Mock days in the mid-2000s, and then he had that the... Don't fo- knock Chance Mock, he's a good guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy, but you know what? <laughs> you know, I was 9, 10 when he was around, and I remember being very uh, disappointed in him. But it was and then a bad he, and then he And then he had the, the very bad and pitiful fumble when he got a little bit of pressure. So, like I said, Malik Murphy has got to take a big step forward in this next six days between now and Kansas State. Uh, the play calling was very peculiar. Red zone offense for Steve Sarkeesian. 
It is one of the most dumbfounding aspects of this Texas football team. I'm going to say it, Pop. Steve Sarkeesian, you need some help with your offense. It can't be you and you alone. He needs some help. That red zone offense we saw today was absolutely atrocious. Man, uh, on back-to-back drives in the, was it late in the third quarter or early fourth, Texas goes for it with fourth and two, fourth and one, inside the 10-yard line. And instead of getting points, at the time it was 21-6, to they go for it on fourth down, they don't get it. Mm -hmm. They get the ball back. Again, the same situation, a fourth and one or fourth and two. They don't get it. And then you brought up the Malik fumble inside the red zone. So at least three times, might have been four, yep. where Texas cannot convert. They win 35-6. to This could have been a 50-6 to game, but they can, could not convert. You know, it's like we always say, there are no pictures on the scorecord. And usually, when that, when that phrase is implied, it means that... You know, you won the game, and it's not—it's a tight score, but you won the game. And this is no pictures in the scorecard. Texas, on paper, destroyed BYU. But if you had watched the game, you would have thought this is a lot closer. It was just a—it was a, a unimpressive win, even though they got the job done. The betters are happy. Texas covers, but you know, it, it, it's kind of—it's an interesting deal because you want to. As a Texas fan, those Texas fans leaving are going to say they got the job done with a backup quarterback. However, it, it could have been a lot less uh, heart-throbbing. Well, uh, Kendon Slovis, the quarterback for BYU, 25 of 40 for 197. He had two interceptions, and they only ran the ball for 95 yards. So yeah. this Texas defense, Michael Taff had a tremendous, they did. tremendous interception in the second half. And Xavier Worthy really jump-started this whole game when he returned that punt for a touchdown. So a win is a win is a win. Mm -hmm. But uh, let me tell you, the Longhorns cannot play this way offensively. And next week, let's let's start talking about Kansas State. And yeah. we'll hopefully have a, a start time for that game within the next hour. Kansas State annihilated Houston today, yep. 41 to nothing. And it is very concerning to me because last week in Houston, the Longhorns barely won mm -hmm. against the Cougars. And here at, uh, in uh, Manhattan, Kansas today, I know it's hard to win on the road, but 41 to nothing. And they come in red, red hot. Let me get some stats on this on this Kansas State. Kansas State's quarterback, his, uh, they've got Will Howard and they've got Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson is a backup, but Will Howard uh, started today. He was 15 of 17 for 164 and two touchdowns. And they had D.J. Giddens rush for 96 yards. Yep. So... This is a really good Kansas State team coming up, as we talked about in the earlier show. They've lost twice this year. Mm -hmm. They lost uh, in Missouri on a 62-yard field goal, and then they lost a surprising loss against Oklahoma State. This is going to be a whale of a game next Saturday here in Austin. Could not agree more, and I think, you know what, I think even the coaching staff, as Steve Sarkeesian has at hand, would agree with you. Uh, second week in a row, Texas has failed to score in the third quarter. Texas is, has become a, a, a first-half team where you got to hope they get to a huge lead and they can hang on for dear life. We saw that last week in Houston, and they hung on for dear life. And today, Texas was able to tack on 14 points in the fourth quarter, but that took a lot of help. That took a couple turnovers by BYU, and it took a couple very athletic plays by Texas's, uh, uh athletes. So it's going to be an interesting ball, ball game next week and really the rest of the season. Like we said weeks ago, survive in advance for Steve Sarkeesian. 
could not mean that more right now. It is a surviving advanced mentality for Steve Sarkeesian. And even now, there's something that happened today. The Kansas Jayhawks defeated Oklahoma. I know a lot of Longhorn fans were excited about that, but don't be that excited because Texas, in my estimation, Ben, Texas needed Oklahoma to win the rest of the games for the Longhorns to have a really good chance to go to the Final Four. Now, even if the Longhorns win the rest and they beat Oklahoma or somebody else in the Big 12 championship, it's not a guarantee they're in the Final Four. I disagree with you. I disagree with you because you know what? There was always Alabama. There was always that fateful night in, in Tuscaloosa when Texas defeated Alabama on the road. And if Texas wins out and they defeat Oklahoma or whoever in the Big 12 championship, that game means a whole heap, especially with Alabama back to form. They continue winning. Oklahoma losing, yeah, it wasn't the best thing for Texas, but if they went out and win the Big 12, they have that Alabama win, especially if Alabama goes to the SEC championship. Uh, It's it's going to be up for debate because Florida State continues to win. They won today. Texas needs for them to lose a game. Yeah. Michigan is undefeated. Michigan needs to lose a game. And Washington needs to lose a game because yeah. they are still undefeated. Who yeah. am I leaving? I'm leaving out somebody. This. Well, um, and Georgia. Goodness. Georgia, good, yeah. Georgia, Georgia they, had a, they had a statement win today. They did. They had a statement win. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It is. Coming up after this break, more on the Longhorns' 35-6 victory and a visit with our friend Mitch Morris, the starting center of the Buffalo Bills. We're here at Dirty Martin's Place, your place for college football and Major League Baseball World Series just after 7 tonight. Uh, We'll talk about that a little later, but Mitch Morris coming up and more Longhorn Talk. Phone line's always open, 512-836-0590. Back with more on the End Zone Club right after this. End Zone Club on KOBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Ben Clements are so brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howie Breen and Herman, Attorneys at Law, Covert in Bastrop, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Delaware Subs, two-for-one cheesesteaks all day tomorrow, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, and by S&B Amusements. Horns win today 35-6. to We'll take your calls later and have more Longhorn talk. But right now, let's talk about the National Football League. Cowboys, of course, entertain the Rams tomorrow at noon uh, in Arlington. Cowboys looking for one, a win, already a game in the NFL this week. The Buffalo Bills defeated uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24-16. And with us now on the End Zone Club Live Line is a great friend of this show, Mitch Morris, the former Austin resident who played for St. Michael's, uh, matriculated at Missouri, and now uh, one of the best centers in the NFL. Again, Buffalo wins over the Bucks 24-18. They're now 5-3 and three in the AFC East. Mitch, welcome back to the End Zone Club. And it's kind of strange, I guess. You had the Thursday night game show. You get to take the weekend off. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, listen, guys, I appreciate having me on. Uh, Thursday games are, are kind of a double-edged sword because you play, you know, two games within you know, 96 hours, and then you but then you get a little mini bye week, is what we call it in the NFL. So uh, I got to be a full-time dad today, and they put me to the test. But besides that, it was uh, it was a fun, fun few days. Hey, Mitch, it's five and three on the season so far. There have been some ups and downs uh, with your ball club. Josh Allen and your offense looked like they were on point Thursday night um, uh, against the Buccaneers. What has been the trend so far in the season? It seems like there's really no clear best team in the National Football League. And as y'all are kind of getting your footing here, what have you noticed uh, with your offense? 
Well, I think if the NFL could write a perfect script, they're writing it right now, right? And, uh, and you know, that's what, that's what makes the NFL so interesting, that any given Sunday is uh, it's anyone's ball game. So I think that kind of gives us some urgency in regards to taking it one week at a time and, and bringing everything you got on Sundays. And the offense is ever-evolving. Uh, I think every week uh, the opponent dictates what kind of offensive, you know, offensive game it's going to be. And, like, we like to blow every team out, but it's just not going to happen. We have, but all, the only thing that matters in this cliche coach shock you guys are going to hang your head is that <laughs> as long as you get the win, life's a lot sweeter. So whatever you got to do to just get the win, uh, you, you learn at the more years you, you play in the league that, that's the only thing that anyone cares about. I don't want to harbor on bad memories, but your team has lost to some bad teams. You lost to the Jets in a freaky game on week one. Last week you lost a crazy game to New England. It's been a weird season for your team, hasn't it, Mitch? It's, it's, a, it's an understatement. Uh, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a strange season, and the no team is bad in my opinion. Uh, like I said, man, if you, if you don't bring, if you don't execute on Sundays – any team can whoop whoop up on you, and and if you look back at those three games, we got out executed, and uh, and as simple as that. So it was a humbling experience. Um, you know, the the truth of the matter is, we'll probably lose again at some point in the season, but we'll try not to, and uh, and we'll try to put our best foot forward every week. It's part about being professional. It's a beautiful thing about this game is that the highs are amazingly high, and the lows are devastatingly low. So you just try to mitigate the lows and roll with it. Mitch, you've been in the NFL uh, since 2015 when you got drafted by the Chiefs. You're 31 years old now, and you are a you're a seasoned vet. Have you noticed a change in your recovery time between games? Like we said, going to a Thursday night game to Sunday night next week against the Bengals, you have some time to recover and get healthy. Have you noticed that you have to take different precautions and different avenues to get yourself ready week in and week out you're damn right <laughs> you're you're absolutely <laughs> right it's uh i hate saying that on on the radio but it's the truth i mean you as a as a pro you you learn what works for your body how you um you know because it's it's not an easy week in the nfl either with your you know your wednesdays and thursdays your heaviest workload days and then how you recover, and then you throw a family into that, right? Like, so you just can't veg out all day when you get home. So it really is just about work-life balance along with what your body responds to and then just crush and sleep when you can, man. But everyone's going to be tired. Everyone's going to be beat up, um, especially this time of the season. It's just about trying to get your body as fresh as possible on Sundays. And at 31, it's definitely a lot harder than it was when you were 22, 23. You're 31 years old. I remember you at St. Michael's as a spry 16-year-old boy. <laughs> Man, you're not, who are you kidding, pal? Uh, that, that kid is long gone, dude. I, these, these joints are barking. I tell you what, I love to watch your team play, especially your quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, a guy that you're up close and personal. What's it like to play with Josh Allen every week? He seems like a fierce, fierce competitor. Uh, you, you nailed it, man. He is the, the fiercest competitor, the most loyal teammate, a guy who's going to have a personal relationship with everyone in the locker room or at least make you feel like you have one. And you're going to want to lay it out for him. And, and, and in, the, in the huddle, he's, a, he's just dangerously competitive, and he's going to lay his body out there for you. And sometimes you beg him to slide. And 
you you, tr- you try to let the dog off the leash, but you you also want to rein it back. But at the same time, you got to let Josh Allen be Josh Allen, and that's best when he's moving, throwing the ball, kind of having full command of the offense, and just having fun. He's a kid at heart, and uh, and it's just a ton of fun. And I've I've been so fortunate in my five years here to have him as my quarterback. You know, I feel like, Mitch, uh, from the outside looking in, there's an emphasis now on quarterbacks protecting themselves and sliding and throwing the ball away and really, you know, protecting themselves to, to last another series. Is it difficult for you and your offensive line to have a guy like Josh Allen who, and not that it's a bad thing, but Josh is willing to lay it all out on the line on any given play to go get those extra few yards. Do you all have to kind of approach a uh, pass play differently knowing that your quarterback could take off and run at any given moment? Uh, that's a good question. For us, we're just trying to protect the integrity of the pocket. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't do our job very well. So we let he, he bails us out of a lot of sticky situations. And, um, no, I mean, that's the good thing is when you have a mobile quarterback, especially who knows where the blitz is coming from, he can kind of, you know, roll out one way or another, use his hot routes and uh, his hot answers is what you want to call it, but no, you don't. You don't change. You don't want him to change anything he does. We try to do the best we we we, we can do. And listen, if, if we give up a hit or a sack uh, from him doing his thing, that's that's okay. Uh, as long as he's out there feeling his most comfortable, then we're we're living the high life, man. Uh, Mitch, y'all take on the Bengals uh, next Sunday night. Uh, in at the Bengals, uh, that'll be a big game. Even though the Bengals have have struggled at times this year, which was has been a downer for a lot of teams. I want to ask you because I've never asked you this: Does is it a different kind of atmosphere? And do you feel it when you're playing on a Sunday night football game compared to you know a noon game uh, on Sundays? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think primetime games. Uh hold a different energy. I mean, you grow up watching them, right? You grow up it's Sunday night football or Monday night or yeah, some, not so much Thursday night because everyone, you know, you're, 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 you're beat to hell and you're just out there trying to do your best. But um, it, it, there is something to it. Like, you're the, you're the show in town, especially like Monday nights and Sunday nights. Like, this, this is the show. People are staying up to watch you play football. America's watching you play football. And then usually the crowds are a little bit more hyped up because they've had longer in the day to drink and uh, do other elicits and, and just can have some fun, man. It really is. It, it's, it's a great atmosphere. And you pray to God you're playing those at home because the home field advantage in those is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, it'll be the first time going back to Cincinnati since the DeMar Hamlin thing happened. So uh, the guys will be kind of, you know, it'll be an interesting week. But once, once the ball snaps, it'll be football. It's going to be interesting the rest of the season for you guys. I'm looking at the schedule. November 26th at Philly, December 10th at Kansas City, and then December 17th you host the Dallas Cowboys. Awesome. Are you going to be juiced up when you play the Cowboys uh, in Buffalo on December 17th? Well, I'm going to have about 30 people there, and I'm just praying to God none of them wear Cowboy stuff because I'll never talk to them again. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh it, it'll be fun. I mean, just playing the, the the schedule we had this year has been so uh, competitive and fun, and I think we still have a lot of good football in front of us, not only to play, but to uh, you know the opponents are playing. I mean, playing like like you said, playing in Philly, right? Like that's that's an experience that every professional athlete should have. 
Kansas City is a great place to play football at. And, um, we're very fortunate, and it, we're hoping to be competitive towards the end of the season. You know, Ben and I love to have you on the air because you're one of our favorite, if not the favorite player in the NFL. This going to be your last year, or are you going to play next year? I, You know what? It depends on the day, right? Like, it depends on the day, and uh, I don't know if it's fair to, to answer that question or to give that uh, answer to myself when you're in the grind. You know what I mean? When you're in the thick yeah. of it, when, when, it's, when, it's, when it's the toughest, right? Um, that's a decision the family will make uh, in the off season. I'm still under contract for another year. So part of it is if they'll have me back, you know. So uh, that's, that's part of it. That's the biggest part is if they'll have me back. But um, that's a great question, and I'll be more apt to, or ample to answer that question, let's say, probably March. Well, we are dirty uh, but Martins. All, but all, all intentions is to play through my contract. Sign, okay. I sign the contract, put pen to paper. Let's ride it out. Let's do it. When you're home after the season, we'll be at the Deep Eddie Cabaret. We can discuss it then. Hey, thank you for being on the show. we got to get to break, but much success next week in Cincinnati. But thanks for being with us on the End Zone Club, and our best to your family. Thanks for being with us, Mitch. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys. You have a great time. Thanks, Thanks, Mitch. Good luck next week. Bye-bye now. Mitch Moritz, starting center for the Buffalo Bills here on the End Zone Club. When we return from Dirty Martins, we start taking your calls, and we'll talk more about the Longhorns. 35-6-1 over BYU. 512-836-0590, the number to call. News is next here on KLBJ. Welcome back to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed and Ben Clements broadcasting live from our home away from home. Dirty Martin's Place, a great play to stop by, place to stop by, have a cold beer or a burger after a Longhorn game or a before Longhorn game. The World Series is about to start. It's on. Whew. College football on the other TVs. It's on. <laughs> so come and see us here at Dirty Martin's Place. This is, go ahead, real quick, before, this is the best time of the year, Pop, in sports. Oh, gosh. This yeah. is why we do this show, because we love sports, and this is that trifecta time where we have all three major sports we actually all four because we got NHL too, and we're hockey guys. We, 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 we don't fool, don't fool easy around. On, easy on that. We're hockey, hockey guys, stuff. but we have all four sports at the same time, and we love it. Yeah, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. If you'd like to talk about the Longhorn win over BYU, thirty five to six. The defense had an amazing game. Malik Murphy's first start. I would give him a B. I would give Malik a B. And next week it's going to get much tougher because Wait. Kansas State gets into town. Kansas State annihilated Houston today, 41 to nothing. I, I, I just blacked out for a second. Did you say he had an amazing game? No, I said the defense had an amazing yes. game. Okay, and thank I, you. And I would give Malik a solid B. Thank you. Really? Yeah, I'd give him a B. I know he had the bad interception in the first quarter, but I would still give him a B because remember, man, this is yeah. the first game he started since yeah. high school, for yeah. goodness sakes. I think, I, I think I'd say B minus myself. Uh, we're going to get technical. I'll say B minus. You know, there was a lot of grumbling, Pop. I don't know what it was like in your fancy pants press box and all the and all the all the suites with your millionaire friends and your high class people, but there was a lot of rumblings. People talking about where is Arch Manning. People were looking at what is Arch doing, looking at his body language, looking at Malik's yeah, and yeah. you know, there was a chance that I thought we were going to see Arch Manning today, but I, I understand it. You know, you got five games before you burn that red shirt. And I know that Steve Sarkeesian, he's a smart guy. He does not want to take the chance of burning that red shirt because he knows the future. There is a plan here. And we've talked about it, you know, all week long. You know, there is this master plan for Texas. Quinn Ewers was going to play this year, go pro, and Arch Manning 
and Malik Murphy were going to duke it out to get the starting position next year. And now, in my opinion, it's all gone to hell and back because there is a chance now that Quinn Ewers could stay. What is the future with that quarterback room? Because there's a chance that we could have all three of these guys stick around next year. I would be shocked if all three stuck around because these guys are competitors. Yeah. I don't think Arch Manning wants to sit for two years, and I don't think Malief Murphy wants to sit anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see. The big story of the day in the Big 12, the Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Kansas upset Oklahoma 38-33. The first conference loss for OU, the first loss of the years. And let me tell you, where, where I sit, it's not great news for Texas. Your thoughts on that, Ben? Am I wrong about that? Because I think the Longhorns need needed OU to be undefeated before December 1st. See, I, I, I agree with you. At the same time, though, I can guarantee you, if you took a poll of 100 Texas fans, 90 Four percent of them would say, screw it, to hell with OU, we love to see it. I get what you mean. You want an undefeated Oklahoma team to face Texas in the Big 12 championship for Texas to defeat them and have that all-time big win. That being said, Texas still controls their destiny. They and do. They, they do. control their destiny. Right. Texas, and again, I'll say it, and I'll continue saying it, they will always have that Alabama win. If Texas can win out... They have that Alabama win as the kicker, which is a fantastic win. That is a better win than than the OU game is a bad loss. I, I agree with that. And as oh, as Alabama continues to win, and Alabama could end up in the SEC championship Bingo. against Georgia, and that would bode, bode, bode well for the Longhorns. Let's get to the phone lines. Let's go to Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome. You're on the End Zone Club. How you doing, Tim? Good, Ed and Ben. How are you guys? Good to see you. Well, all good. Uh, just... Your thought, your thoughts on today's game, and the thoughts on Malik Murphy. Go ahead, buddy. I'm excited we won. Um, you know, you could pick a lot of things apart, but you know, we, we got a win, and we we got Malik out there, and, and we got him confident, and he 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 led the team to to a big win, and I think that's I'm going to focus on that. I'm I'm going to rewatch it, obviously would like to have taken points a couple of times but we got the win we got the cover and uh, you know it was it was a good game and and they didn't we, they couldn't do anything our defense was I, I think what i'm most excited about was our defense we just shut them down completely tim what, what's your opinion about texas's red zone offense and their lack of ability to score when they get that close to the end zone ben i'm trying to figure that out honestly i i I'm going to have to, you know, it's hard to tell when you're in the stands. I think I'm going to try to rewatch and look at the offensive line. I'm guessing that's where the problem is. I, I, I'm old school, and I'm old school, as you know, Tim, and Ben, you know this. I like points. Yeah. And on two separate consecutive drives, Texas uh, skewed the points, said, we don't want the points, we want something bigger. And they left six points, and thankfully, Michael Taff intercepted a pass. Then Malik hit uh, a, a AD for a touchdown, but. Man, oh, man, what is it with these modern coaches who don't like points? I don't get it sometimes. Well, we talked about it last week, Yeah, You know, it's just, you know, we're going to gamble. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna go for it on fourth down. We're going to go for it, and, you know, uh, the, the whole thing. And it's I, – I, I'm old school like you, Ed. I mean, that was six points – that six points could have been real important if we hadn't gotten the interception and then hadn't gotten Jaden Blue's last touchdown, especially for people who were – I guess the line closed at twenty and a half. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, one thing. Uh, one thing. One thing. Ben and I have been debating, and with others, Kansas's win over Oklahoma, thirty-eight, thirty-three. 
as a guy who's not fond of Oklahoma football, I'm glad Kansas win. But as a Longhorn fan of the big picture, geez, it seems to me Texas needed Oklahoma to be undefeated when Texas hopefully will meet them on December 1st. Your thoughts on this, Tim? I agree, Ed. I, I mean, I'm, I wasn't pulling for the Sooners, and, you know, I guess in the end, a Sooner loss is, is okay. It's a good loss for us in the long run. But we did need – I mean, if we're talk, if you're talking about us getting to the playoffs, said absolutely. If, if you're talking about Texas getting to the playoffs, we needed Oklahoma to win that game. There's no there's no way a one-loss Texas, even if we beat a one-loss Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, I, 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 there's got to be too many chips fall the right way for us to get, get in the playoffs after that. But you know what? I think a lot of us, the biggest goal this season was a Big 12 championship, and we still got a shot for that, and I think we're going to get it. Uh, Tim, Texas take, takes on Kansas State next week, and Kansas State walloped Houston today. Uh, what, in your opinion, is going to be the biggest emphasis for Steve Sarkeesian uh, in this week preparing for Kansas State? I think we've got to be – I mean, you know, Devin Neal is a hell of a running back, and I, I haven't seen any of their stats yet, but he's a great running back. And uh, what's his name, Will Howard? Is that the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's spacious. He knows who we are. Both those guys know who we are. So I think it's going to you know we're going to have to focus on stopping the, their guys. But more importantly, I think we're going to we're going to need some special teams play like we, de- defense today. I mean, think think where we, we would have been in this game without the, the, the punt return and the interception. So yeah. you know it, that's what we got to be there. I, I think the focus is going to be on stopping them, but also. We're going to have to win the line of scrimmage. If we can win the line of scrimmage, we'll win the game next week. But, you know, we, did, we didn't win it the way we should have today. No, they didn't. But I think Steve's concerned about the red zone offense. It's going to be a, a wild rest of the year because Longhorns and K-State at the stadium next Saturday. We don't know the time yet. We should learn that in a little bit. And then the Longhorns... Uh, have to go to TCU. Sonny Dykes has never lost to Texas. Longhorns have a, a road trip to Iowa State. Iowa State won today over Baylor. And then you got Texas that. Tech. Yeah, you got Texas Tech coming in the day after Thanksgiving. It's not going to be a piece of cake the rest of the way for, for the Longhorns. No, it's not. But, you know, th- think about next year. <laughs> you know, th- w- w- Iowa State will be tough in Ames. That's, that's, that's always a tough one. Um, I think, you know, Kansas State has given us fits over the years. Um, so that's going to always be a challenge. But I think we, I think if we beat the two, I think we beat TCU in Fort Worth. I think we beat Tech here. I think the two I'm most concerned about are K-State next week and Iowa State names. Tim, thanks for the visit. Thanks for the uh, pops before the game at the tailgate. Always enjoy that. Look forward to your newsletter this week. But thanks so much for being with us on the End Zone Club, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ed. Good to talk to you guys. Welcome. See you, Tim. All right, bye. Tim Taylor, our good buddy, uh, Longhorn watcher from a long, long time ago. His thoughts on the Longhorns, 35-6 to 6 win today. Your calls are welcome at 512-836-0590. We're going to take a break. More on the End Zone Club from Dirty Martins. Welcome back to the End Zone Club. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We broadcast live from Dirty Martins Place. Come on down. Dirty Martins on Guadalupe. Enjoy great burgers, cold beer. The World Series begins at 7.03. College football going on right now. Ben, there's a wild game going out uh, in uh, California right now. The Cal Bears and USC are currently tied 43-43. 
that would be a huge win for the Cal Bears and a devastating loss for Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams just made pack it in after the game, Yeah, but it's 43-43, five minutes left to go on that game. Yeah, you know, Pop, it's interesting because this news has come up over the last couple of weeks about Caleb Williams' future with the NFL and how he supposedly is... I don't want to say demanding. He's jonesing for it. But he's jonesing that whichever team drafts him, (laughs) he wants a piece of the action. He wants part ownership. Let me first say, Kayla Williams, that's not how that works. No. You idiot. You don't do that. Not even the great Tom Brady had a piece of the action with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he is the greatest of all time. That's not how that works. And I don't know if if it's his ignorance, if it's his cockiness, but... We see this all the time. We see the best player in college football being on a mediocre team. With USC, I am absolutely baffled that they cannot put together a defense that can back up the best player in college football. Uh, Looking at Twitter, our friend Taylor Gaspar asked this. Two failed fourth and goal attempts has led to the Texas-BYU game still being a two-score game. That was earlier. Mm -hmm. Take the point, Steve. Take the point. And and, uh, another thing on that, Pop, we we saw this with Texas-OU, and that's kind of where the problems began with this red zone offense, and we saw Texas uh, have this special package where they brought two defensive linemen in to lead block. My whole thing is, and what we saw today, we we saw a lot of trickery. We saw a lot of the the Wildcat uh, with Red uh, leading it. You have a potential first-round draft pick running back, Jonathan Brooks, who yeah. will be a first-team All-American. Why can Steve Sarkeesian not put together an I-formation with a tight end or a lead blocker to just go up the gut three yeah. times? And if it doesn't work, kick the field goal. Take take the blood there. Take well, your take it. Take I take yeah take it. Uh, it's, it's strange today, and I know he's not happy about that at all. Malik Murphy, I gave him a B. He had a bad interception, a bad fumble in the red zone, but. First game starting in a long, long time. Longhorns won 35-6. Elsewhere today, Kansas over OU, 38-33, and it's tough next week. OU's got to travel to Stillwater to meet Oklahoma State in the final bedlam. Uh, Kansas State annihilated the Houston Cougars. Dana Hogerson is going to lose his job. They lose 41-0. West Virginia over UCF, 41-28. Iowa State over Baylor. What a terrible year for Dave Aranda and Baylor. (laughs) They lose 30-18 nationally today. uh, The SEC's number one team in the nation, that's the Georgia Bulldogs, really, really had a convincing win over Florida. 43 to 20. Auburn over Mississippi State, 27-13 in the SEC. The Aggies won today on our friend Bobby Jenkins' birthday. A&M 30, South Carolina 17. Ole Miss leads Vandy 10-0, and Tennessee leads Kentucky 13-3. Pop, with this Oklahoma loss, do you predict that we'll see a jump? Are we going to see a switch route between Texas and Oklahoma? Right now, Texas is 7, Oklahoma is 6. Are we going to see the Associated Press do the old flip-flop there and Texas will bounce one up? Yes, they will knock down Oklahoma because even though it was on the road, it's a basketball school. It's Kansas. And, uh, yeah, they're going to fall, which is, again, Ben, to me, it's going to be interesting in the coming weeks. Next week is just suddenly turned into a gigantic weekend. Again, we don't know the start times yet. Texas will face Kansas State either at 11 a.m., 2.30 2.30 or 6.30. Yep. So, and I'm sure the other game for TV is going to be the final Bedlam game, yep. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But next Saturday is going to be huge for the Big 12 because it's going to be interesting to see if OU takes one loss and makes it into two. And this Kansas State team comes in red hot. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, 
I understand, people, your thought process. Texas kind of needed Oklahoma to win today. But going forward, Texas desperately needs Oklahoma to continue winning. If Texas, if, if Oklahoma loses next week in Stillwater, it, it could be sayonara to the Big 12 yeah. in their chances to have a, a playoff team. Because right now, you've got a bunch of undefeated teams in the national championship mix. You've got Georgia undefeated. You've got Michigan undefeated. undefeated. You've got Washington undefeated. And yep. you've got Florida State undefeated. Yep. It could all change in the coming weeks, and it could all change at the uh, Pac-12 uh, championship yep. game, the ACC championship game, even the Michigan-Ohio State matchup. Yep. Things can change dramatically, yep. so a lot of moving parts, but again, from where I sit, this Oklahoma loss to Kansas did not bode well, but you bring them an excellent point. Alabama, if Alabama continues to win, Texas can always say, hmm, we defeated Alabama easily. With ease, yeah, you're right. And at this point, Texas needs to be big Alabama fans. Yeah. Moving forward, again, though, Texas, <laughs> they control their destiny. Texas has a winnable schedule. They can go undefeated, and they can find themselves in Dallas against an Oklahoma or uh, against Kansas State, maybe. Kansas State. Yeah, against Kansas, Kansas State. State. Yeah. So Texas, if they can... If they can handle their business, you, you can't control the rest of the country. Right. And you need to hope for a little bit of help. I think that help would be Oklahoma continuing to win, and I think that means Oklahoma, Alabama continues to win. But for Steve Sarkeesian, I've said it this week and I've said it the past month, survive in advance. Get yeah. to that Big 12 championship, and it's one game. It's one big game to determine your future. I'll say this. I don't think Oklahoma wins next week in Stillwater. Oklahoma gave up 38 points. It was a weird game because yeah. they had a weather delay, but they gave up 38 points today to Kansas' yeah. backup quarterback. No, you know, I agree, and as a head coach, you never want to, you don't want to let one loss turn into two, and I think that Oklahoma, they are good enough that they can get their heads together in this next six six days to prepare for, you know, their second biggest rivalry, especially the last one against Oklahoma State. You know those fans and those students at Stillwater. They'll be drinking heavily. They'll be loud, and they'll want desperately to, to hand Oklahoma one more loss in its fabled history. But for Oklahoma, you're better than that. what you showed today. Dylan Gabriel will be biting his lips looking forward to Stillwater next week. I'm predicting right now Oklahoma will win out, Texas will win out, and it will be a Big 12 championship to determine a big a playoff spot. Let's talk NFL in our closing moments. Tomorrow the Cowboys host the Los Angeles Rams at Arlington. Cowboys are favored by six. I don't see any reason why the Cowboys don't blow out uh, the L.A. Rams tomorrow. Yeah, you know, Cowboys uh, sitting at 4-2 on the season. Dak Prescott's had a little bit of time to, to get healthy. That offensive line has had some time to get healthy. It's been a weird year for the Cowboys with a couple really, really nasty losses, but the Cowboys still determine their destiny as well. Like we talked about with Mitch, there's not really a clear best team. The Eagles are looking like they're the best team, but every team is, is beatable in this league. So, Cowboys, that'll be a good game. Um, I'm looking forward to the uh, to seeing what the Chiefs can do because they've gotten all the attention this year. They're playing the Broncos, and they are a seven-point favorite in Denver. And I know this sounds crazy. The Chiefs are going to stumble again. Um, you know, it's not the best slate of games this week. The most intriguing game to me, Bengals at the 49ers. Yes. 49ers are hurt. Brock Purdy got the go-ahead. He's going to start tomorrow, which yep. is good news. But the Bengals are desperate. They're 2-5 and five with Joe Burrow. Yep. And uh, for goodness sakes, the 49ers have lost two in a row. They don't want to make it three in a row. I'm also interested in seeing what the uh, 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 
what sorry what the Ravens are going to do. Uh, they're taking on the Cardinals, and the Ravens have been they've looked very good at times, but at also another you know another you know uh, part of that coin is that their offensive look lackluster at times too. Their running game is kind of sketchy. Um, so I'm interested to see what the Ravens do. But again, yeah, the Cowboys, that's going to be the big game tomorrow. The Cowboys need a victory really, really bad against uh, Sam Bradford in that Rams offense and that defense. So it's going to be a good day tomorrow. Then, you know, obviously with Mitch Morris and then our Bills, they got their victory so we can breathe a little heavy. West Coast games. Easier. easier. West Coast games. USC now ahead of Cal, 50-43. to 43. Lincoln Riley does not coach defense. Cal Bears have scored 43 on USC. This is like the Patrick Mahomes days with Texas Tech where they had a, an offense that was averaging like 600 yards a game, but they give up 45 points a game. Washington leads Stanford 7 to nothing early on. Uh, Tennessee walloping Kentucky by a score of 13-3. to Ohio State looking to maintain their number three position. They lead Wisconsin at Camp Randall in Madison by a score of three to nothing. Real quick, Bob, who's more likely to lose, Michigan or Washington? Uh, I think this year, this year, Washington. Washington. Even though Washington uh, defeated Oregon, and Oregon had an unbelievably convincing victory today over Utah, I believe it's going to be Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship in a, in a rematch yep. that Washington barely won. Hey, we got to go. It's been fun. Thank you, Patrick Bandehay, back to the studio. Thank you to all our sponsors, Plains Capital Bank, Howard Breen and Herman, Covert Bastrop, Sue Patrick, Delaware Subs, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, and S&B Amusements. We'll see you next week back at Dirty Martins, Longhorns and K-State. For Ben, I'm Ed. See you next week on the End Zone Club. <laughs>